Merry Christmas. Welcome to Greenville First Christian Church, and we have been praying for you. We have been anticipating this candlelight service tonight as we focus on this tiny child that the video just proclaimed came to be our Savior. And he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I would pray that you have peace tonight as we gather here to worship him. I would encourage you, whether you're listening on the radio, watching online, or right here, that you hold on to those you're around. This year has taken so much from us, uh, but let's hold on to those we're with and let's, let's cling to the love that God gives us through Christ Jesus and let's celebrate and worship him. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father in heaven, as we come to this time to worship your son, we say thank you. We give you glory that you sent Jesus, your son, to be our savior. Lord, help us to be faithful. Those that have gathered here tonight, I pray that that we give you glory and we lift up the name of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David 
because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. 
And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds were saying. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as the angel had told them. Christ, holy name, cry. 
salvation bought by your blood. Lord, we remember your arrival today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, the waiting is almost over. Christmas is almost here. Who's excited with me? Yeah. I have to admit, I feel like this Christmas season leading up to Christmas, I've been a little bit like a child again with the anticipation it's been years since I have longed for Christmas to get here uh, uh, since this time. The feeling, the desire for Christmas is stronger in my heart uh, than, than in the last few years for sure. I wonder if you can relate to that. No matter what you've been going through, no matter uh, what's been going in your life, uh, the, the hope of Christmas, I believe it really changes everything. Not that a date changes that much on a calendar. But the ability for one to be here to gather together and to celebrate that God loved us enough to send his one and only son to die so that he would be our savior, that gives me hope. And it's such a, a beautiful thing to be with you here tonight. I believe our ability to celebrate the coming of Christ and to be confident of his second coming is as important now as ever before. Growing up, I couldn't also wait for Christmas. It was just something they always looked forward to throughout the entire year. I looked forward to the lights, to the food, to the parties with family and friends, and of course the gifts. But one thing I really anticipated every year long for was to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house and then the candlelight service. And I'm so thankful you're here tonight to celebrate Christ with us. But more than all that, I look forward to Christmas morning. In the Graber house, we would wake up and mom and dad would gather us around the Christmas tree. But before we opened any presents, you know what we did? We opened the Word of God. And mom or dad would read Luke chapter 2, which we just heard read uh, during the worship time. And then and only then could we open the presents. And while I remember a few of my Christmas presents open on Christmas morning, most of them I've forgotten. But I am so thankful and I have cherished in my heart those times where our family gathered around and focused on Jesus. And I'm so thankful you've done that tonight. You've taken time to slow down and to remember the true gift of Christmas. To be honest, this is the best place we could be. I encourage you to, to cherish traditions like this, moments where you slow down, no matter uh, if children are in your house or not, maybe you've never had children, maybe you never want children, or they're long gone, to, to still have these moments where we put Christ first, especially at Christmas. I want to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, as we come to this time to, to remember Jesus, we celebrate our hearts are excited that, that we have made it to this point, and it's more than just a, a day on a calendar. It is the, the reminder that Jesus lives and that he died for us so that we could live. 
Father, as we go through tonight and we remember and we go through this season, let Christ be at the center. In his name we pray. Amen. Traditions are important. When Tiffany and I first got married, we, we wanted to establish traditions that would, that would later be lived on in our, our family. One of the traditions that Tiffany wanted from the beginning was to decorate her house for Christmas. I know many of you get into that. That's one of Tiffany's gifts. We had this, uh, the first Christmas we were married, we had this little two-bedroom, one-bath house. And it took her all of like two hours to decorate every room, you know. She, she was just going around, and she did an amazing job. And, and one of the interesting things about the house, not only was it kind of small, it had a huge fireplace right in the center of the house. So she decorated that uh, tremendously uh, well. The house was over 100 years old when we bought it, and I realized that the source of heat for that entire house early on in its life was that one fireplace. She had it looking amazing. Another thing in the house was it had 10-foot ceilings. Even though it was a tiny house, I think to deal with like the summer heat in southern Indiana, 10-foot ceilings and the heat would rise and there was windows all the way almost to the top and you could open up these special windows and the cross breeze would come in and kind of clear the room of the heat. One thing that I wanted to do to create a tradition was in that house was to use all 10 foot of the ceiling space. So I asked Tiffany for permission to buy a 10 foot Christmas tree. And and we were in search of this tree. And it was uh, uh, well past the first week of Christmas, or the first week of December, and we weren't able to find the tree. Do you know how much a 10 foot real Christmas tree cost? So we established a budget. This was the budget. And we went to a couple different tree lots and we finally got to one. I said, hey, where are your 10-footers? And he said, hey, I've got one over here with extra character. You know what that really means? It had a few holes in it and a few broken branches, but it was 10 foot tall. It was really beautiful. We were proud of it. We took it home. And at first when I set it up, to my surprise, with the stand and the angel we wanted on top, we had to do some cutting on it. I cut about a foot off the bottom and about six inches trimmed off the top and to add to some extra character to this tree, right? But we got it up and we decorated it and some of those bare spots and those broken branches, she had me turn to, you know, the back of the wall so no one could see and the other holes we decorated extra special and by the end of the night, we were proud of our tiny house and huge tree. And then the next day it started to happen. By the thousands, these pine uh, needles fell from the tree and then it became more and more dry and we did all the things we were supposed to do we put the sugar water in it we did everything but by December 26 I said Tiffany we've got to get this this tree out of the house and so as we were moving it it basically disintegrated in our in, in front of us and that thought of having a real Christmas tree that tradition faded that first Christmas we were married and I vowed to always, after that, have an artificial tree. And some of you are like, oh, that's, that's, not, that's not even Christian to have an artificial tree. I actually think an artificial cr- Christmas tree with pre-lit branches is a gift from God. <laughs> but let me ask you about another tree. Your family tree. Anybody have a perfect family tree? I think if we're honest, we're all a little bit like that first real tree we bought. We have imperfections. We have some bare spots. We have some strange places. We all have a, a few extra characters in our family. Some of you are here tonight with your family characters, okay? And I love it. Don't look at them. That'd be a little awkward, okay? But we all have characters in our family. The reality is we're all imperfect. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the the glory of God. It's more than just an imperfection. It is sin that leads to death. That's why we need the Savior. 
so, uh, uh, so it's such a perfect fitting uh, to realize that because of her imperfections, that's why Christ had to come. That's why he was willing to come. That's what makes the original Christmas story so amazing. The real story. We're going to look at the gospel of Matthew for a moment. But I want you to see more than anything. If you're here and you're like, I am that character. I am that person that's flawed. I'm the person that, that I'm only here so I can go to grandma's house after it's over. What, whatever it may be. If you're that person that doesn't think you belong, I want you to know God is always about allowing the messy, the sinful, a place in his family. And that's why Jesus came. Know this tonight, that our dark and messy moments do not derail the plans of God. In your darkest and messiest times of life, God doesn't say, well, I'm not sure that I can do this anymore. No, God's plans prevail. They always have and always will. That's one of the most amazing things about the Christmas story. God actually used some of the most sinful and messy characters of all time to be in the family tree of Jesus we like to read the Gospel of Luke. Rich did a great job uh, setting the Gospel of Luke to that uh, film that we watched in between the worship times. The Gospel of Luke, we often like to romanticize. You know, the shepherds were, were this amazing group of men. No, they, they stunk like their sheep, okay? And, and the, the picture of the manger and the stable, that's where everybody wanted to be. No, nobody wanted to be there that night. But God used the mess, and the story wasn't derailed. The Gospel of Matthew also tells a story. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, we see the family tree. And it's imperfect. Here's what Matthew 1 says. This is the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is the family tree. Why do we overlook this most Christmases? Because it seems boring at first, but it's anything but boring. Why wasn't this in the, the December reading plan, Tyson? We didn't, we didn't even read that this December. Because most people skip over, including pastors at times. Inclu actually, about all people skip over it. But tonight, we're going to wrestle with it for a moment. This family tree of Jesus. Look at verse 3. It says, Judah, the father of Perez, whose mother was Tamar. They were in the family tree. You may not know who Tamar is. But she was a woman who had trouble having a baby of her own. And life was passing her by. And she thought maybe, strangely enough, her father-in-law would be able to father a child. So she tricked him into fathering her own child. You talk about a scandal. You, you talk about a moment of dysfunction. You talk about a mess. And that's in the family tree of Jesus. Because Tamar's son was fathered by her father-in-law. You keep on going. And look at verse 5, it says, Salmon was the, bro the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Now, it doesn't mean much unless you know who Rahab is. Think back to the Old Testament when Joshua was the leader of God's people. He had just taken over after Moses had led the people out of Egypt, and they were about ready to go in the promised land. And Joshua was like, we got to overcome this city called Jericho. Remember, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, but really God did. God gave Joshua wisdom to develop a plan to overcome Jericho. And one of the main parts was Joshua was to send spies into the city. And these spies were to kind of infiltrate and to help develop a plan to let the leaders know what could be done to overtake the city. But these spies, when they went into Jericho, needed a place to rest, a place to stay, a house to live in when they weren't doing their job. And so they stayed at Rahab's house. 
And Rahab was a woman who kept them safe and covered for them and allowed God's plan to develop. But Rahab was also a woman who sold her body to men for pleasure, for money. And she lived a very sinful life. But, but the amazing thing is, the, the, the beautiful thing is that Rahab's past didn't prevent God from using her in future plans. And, and the amazing thing is, not only did she protect the spies in Jericho, they, they protected her because they were, she was faithful to God, and she was brought into God's family, the Israelite nation, and she would become one of the grandparents of King David. He's in the, the, the family tree of Jesus as well. It's in verse 6. It says, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. The word of God is very clear about this. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Had been. You know why? He was no longer the wife to only Uriah, because David, the king, the one who killed Goliath, the one who had a, a heart after God's, who had wrote many songs of worship and praise, was just like you and I, had a messy life. And when he was tempted and gave in to temptation and sinned, he took Uriah's wife as his own when he never should have. And she became pregnant with his son, Solomon. Talk about a messy situation. David wanted to try to cover it up, so he had Uriah come back from the, the battleground, but he wouldn't be with his wife. So David says, I don't know what to do, so I'll send you back into the front lines so that you will be killed. And he was. And that's in the family tree of Jesus. Not only were people messy, but the whole nation became a mess. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 11, we see that Josiah had boys. And Josiah was, was a young king, and, and he was a good king, but his boys were not. They weren't leaders at all. And during this time, the Babylonian nation took God's people into exile and took almost everything from them, including their hope. It was a very dark time, and this all continued in the family tree of Jesus. I wonder if it sounds like your situation. Maybe a family mess. You know, maybe, maybe there are problems all around you. Maybe you feel like your own nation is falling apart. Maybe you feel like it's a really dark time. But the family tree of Jesus continued. God's plan was continuing to move forward to bring a Savior. And then it came to a very dark time. Listen with me to the rest of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. All these people were in the tree, Right? His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with the child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. All of this family tree mess, and now uh, the Savior's going to come supposedly through this woman who had never even been with a man, and yet this man, her, her husband that's pledged to marry to her, he says, I don't even know what to do with this. God's plans are never overwhelmed by our mess. Look at verse 20. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, you're in this tree. I know it's got a lot of uh, baggage. Uh, you're, you're in this line. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. 
and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. At times, we think Christmas has to be the artificial Christmas where everything's shiny, everyone's got a smile, and everybody's okay. We long for this artificial type of Christmas, but the truth is God's word has said from the beginning that, that he is going to make a way for a savior because we need him. We're a mess. In the midst of our sin and the darkness, God has provided a light and a plan for salvation. Do you know that Jesus literally means the Lord saves? That's what it literally means. The, the, the prophet says God will provide a son through a virgin that will save their people from their sins, from their mess, from their chaos. His family tree was a mess, but he was perfect and always lived a perfect life. Up until the day that he was hung on a tree, the cross, and he was crucified for your sin and for my sin, for the sins of the past, including his family tree, and for the sins of the future, for all that would call and trust him. I wonder if that's you tonight. You may be saying, Tyson, I'm one of those characters. My story is worse than Rahab's. It's worse than King David's. There's no way. No, God's uh, son died for your sin as well, and it is completely sufficient so that you could be forgiven. In your darkest of moments, in your messiest of times, God's plan is for you to be with him, to be with the son. And I believe that's why you're here tonight. You may not have realization of who Jesus really is to you, but he's calling to you in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your worry, in the midst of 2020, where you don't think, think things can get any worse. I guarantee you, without Christ, things will get worse. But as we place our trust in him, he is the light in the darkest of moments. We can look through history and all the things that happens, God's plans have not been derailed and it's not going to start now, but we've got to trust in him. I want to read from one more gospel. We have the romantic version of Luke, the messy family tree of Matthew, and then the flat truth of the gospel of John and the story of the coming of Jesus John chapter 1, starting with verse 1, says this. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and in His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Guys, that's the gospel. Not in the, the form of a story of a baby, but in the illustration of light. In this dark world right now, in the midst of 2020, where we anticipate this moment so much, it is because we truly long for light, we long for truth, we long for hope, and the hope of Jesus changes everything. When that light came into the world 2,000 years ago, the Bible declares that it would never be extinguished. Jesus makes the same, the same promise to us that when we accept him as our Savior, that he will never leave us or forsake us. Tonight, if you feel alone, it is just a feeling because the truth is Jesus has come to be with us forever. And his light and his truth can never be extinguished. God's plans for uh, being with you, for saving you, will never be derailed. No matter how messy things become, no matter how dark things become. 
Because Jesus has come to save us, and he has, and his light is here. Tonight, as we share this light, we're also going to sing about that first night. I would encourage you to stand with me now as we prepare to share this light. I'm going to pray, and I, will, I encourage you to sing. Reflect on, wow, you have had a messy life while 2020 has been not what you'd hoped. God's plans are faithful and true. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for while the family tree was full of characters and sin, it paved the way for a Savior. Lord, give every heart tonight, every mind, peace and joy as we rest in the truth of Jesus Christ, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect life, that he was crucified on the cross, arose from the grave, and he will return as our king, and his light will never be extinguished. In his name we pray, amen.
as we extinguish these flames, let the truth and the light of Jesus go with you from here tonight. And I pray it gives you joy. So let's extinguish these flames together now. We encourage you to take these candles with you this year. We've never done this before, but in just an effort to make sure that we um, are contagious in the proper way, as we leave from here, take the light with you. And put this in a position where you can see it this year on a day where it seems dark and it's dreary. Light this candle and, and maybe uh, just rejoice in the fact that our Savior lives. Amen? Amen? We also want you to take one other thing per family. As you leave, there's an ornament and for each tree. And while your family trees are imperfect and the trees you hang them on are imperfect, our Savior is perfect and He lives. And it gives us joy. Grab one of these on your way out. Have a blessed Christmas. Let's sing Joy to the World as we leave. Joy to the world.